joining us. And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torrezani. Okay, Ricky, you have to get right to the bottom of it. I need to understand what is this special skill of yours, shifting human behavior. I've read so much about you and I want you to share your story. So maybe we should go back to the beginning, but I don't know. Like, I feel like this is something that is, I'll tell you this. What's really bizarre is there's certain behavioral things that I've been trying to change and not like, I, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, like, and I'm still breastfeeding, so I'm not, like, getting wild or anything, you know? Um, <laughs> it's pretty wild. There's certain behavioral issues that I have found, oh, maybe I would like to change that, or maybe I could improve that now that I'm a mom and be a better example, certain things. So when you came along and we got this mutual introduction, I was like, shifting human behavior? She's an expert in this? Like, this is exactly what I need and what the audience and emotional support needs right now. So, Ricky, like, how does one become an expert of human behavior? Listen, it's just a fancy word I put in front of a sentence, okay? We all can. <laughs> we all can be experts if we wanted to be an expert. Um, but really, and what I mean when I say shifting human behavior is at first and foremost, I think that just to acknowledge that we're, we are all human and we all have behaviors, sure, good behaviors, love that harmful behaviors. And these behaviors are not just random. And the thing about shifting someone's human behavior, I mean, the truth is, is like, I've had to do a lot of shifting in my life. So mm-hmm. when you have the experience, you become an expert through experience, not through books, not through podcasts, not through let me teach you this thing. It's like, yo. Completely agree with that, with what you're saying. Because honestly, I, right? I feel, that's how I feel, like on a quick side note about like mental health. Like I can have a doctor tell me a million facts and all sorts of things that I should know about, you know, my 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 mental illness. And I'm saying this in quotes because it is, but I don't know why I said it in quotes. Forget that. But anyways, <laughs> I understand why like, oh, things work A, B, and C. But if you don't have that experience, I want to hear someone's experience of living with bipolar disorder. That's when you feel connected and you feel heard. It's true. I'll tell you just a side note. First of all, I think it's interesting that you did use quotations. I wonder like what, like I know, what I is wonder behind why that? I because that was, that was so- I'm not instant. really like, mentally ill. I'm just in quotes <laughs> mentally ill. <laughs> or just like maybe there's a part of you that is like, yeah, this is a thing that I have, but like is- is that it? Like, that's not, that's not, not the whole defining. story. Just, it's not defining like, okay. Sure. Like it's easy to be like, you are this, you are that. So I feel like you're just taking a label and like delabelizing it. Yeah, totally. In a way. Totally. Um, yeah, just, that was a side note. Other side note, like three more side notes. Um, I'm all about a side note. So don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, great. Well, we're, we'll be here all day. I, um, I'm taking this program right now and I, this, this girl is teaching it, whatever, like a coaching program. And, you know, it's hard for me to understand what she's saying because it's all just knowledge. There's no Mm. relatability. There's no like, here's my story and how I moved through this. Here's what I did. And like, honestly, you don't want to be necessarily on the same level as the person you're learning from because you always want to be a couple steps ahead, but you need something to to reference to like, oh, by the way, that happened to me. And like, this is how I led myself through this. And here's the science behind this. Like, Mm. here's this, here's that. Um, luckily I've had a lot of experience in a lot of, you know, crazy things. So I have people always like, what's your certification? I'm like, literally life. Like, what is your certification? What's yours? Like life, like mine is life. What is yours? Yeah. Right. It's so interesting. Um, and I can like start sort of from the beginning. I, you know, if sure. Okay, great. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. (laughs) Well, we're going to do this one together. (laughs) I need to breathe more. I'm not even breathing as we're doing it shifting my own behavior. So um, I'm not going to go into everything because we will literally be here all day. But when I was a little girl, I was 13 years old, my mom died Mm. and she died of cancer. And, you know, you go through something. It's okay. You go through something as a kid and you're not even really aware of the thing that you're going through just from the level of your subconscious and your brain. It's like, can't wrap its head around the thing that's happening. So it just happens. And then this thing happens. And then there are so many different results that become because of this thing. And for me, losing my mom was, I always say the beginning. However, I think the beginning was really when she got sick when I was eight. 
And mm-hmm. so at a very young age, life was very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I really clung to like life was really great or life was really bad. And how I measured that was like by my mom being in remission or not being in remission. Mm. So when she was in remission and she was getting her hair back, like life was good. Life was, but then life was she, normal again. Yeah. Life was, life was normal from what I right. had known. And I was like, oh, great. Mom's okay. And so if, I think from a, lo- a young age, and I think a lot of people forget that we form so much in our childhood. Yes. And I didn't, I didn't know this. Like I was just like, mom's sick, mom's not sick, mom's dead. Like these are the, these are the events. And my, my inner subconscious was just like, life is good or bad. That's it. Mm. Life is good or bad. And I really learned that from a young age or I didn't learn it. I just, I, that's, that was my experience. Mm. And so I think a lot of people are always like, we learned this thing and like, no, it's not that you learned it. You literally had that experience. So it's just what you know. Right. And you have to unlearn. So I went through a lot of my life just like searching, like, will, can I feel okay? Like, how do I survive this life? Like, it wasn't that I woke up every day and I missed my mom. I just woke up every day and I was, I always thought to myself, like, what, this is, something doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And it was just this emptiness. And I had a lot of eating issues and I had all these different things. I'm very ADHD. So school was really challenging for me. No one ever taught me about like dopamine. No one ever taught me about all these things that would have really helped me understand why I always felt so empty. You wouldn't have known that though. Like mm-hmm. I was very out there and charismatic and all the things. I wasn't like miserable, but I was empty. You were happy go lucky kid, sense. right? You yeah. I was. From the I outside. Was. And from the outside. And I really was internally, but I had a lot of restraints. Like they I was I put on at ADHD medicine when I was seven years old. Mm. Like that's I'm literally a that's case. Very young. That I by the way, that is the longest someone's been on it since they've been prescribing it. So I'm like, if anyone wants to like interview me for case studies, I'm that girl. You're like, it's I'm crazy. here. Someone basically was like, <laughs> I'm like literally here and I'll tell you how much it's affected my life. Someone was like, here, you too much. Here's a pill. And then it's just like, you think you're too much and then your mom and, and all these things. Right. And so I, um, went through life. I went through the first like 10 years of my life, just hating myself. Mm-hmm. I think we naturally don't like ourselves through those years. No, totally. Um, but I think that, that some people, I, I find I, people either hate themselves, right? Or what we think hating ourselves is at a very young age or like after like pre, it's pre-puberty or post-puberty, honestly, is what I would say. It's like what you really so see. So true. It, when I read my journals when I was eight years old, like I was like, I'm fat, I'm stupid. Like these were things that I had already thought about myself. So this was not just a puberty thing. And you had, and you grained in your head, yeah. Grained, I grained in my body. That was the problem is that like it lived within my body that I felt these things about myself. My mom always was like, you're perfect, you're great, you're this. And so yeah. when you remove the thing, the person that tells you that you're great, you gotta do it for yourself and you're young and you're just like trying to survive your life. Right. And And I grew up, with money and I grew up in a great family and I'm pretty lucky. So as far as dad, mom go, like I truly lucked out. And um, I had a really bad eating disorder and all this different stuff. And so when I was 22 years old and I was terrible in school and I, I took me six years to graduate college, I just graduated and I didn't know what I was gonna do. Like everyone was going off and doing these things and I just was like, what? I don't no, understand. What? It's like yeah. get a job, like I would be a horrible employee. Yeah. And but you'd like, be funny. Dad. <laughs> it's true. I'd be a great employee that would get fired and would be funny and like, <laughs> oh God. And my dad was like, "What are you gonna do?" And I was like, "I'm gonna become a health coach." And he's like, "What?" I was like, "I." It was literally 2012. Okay, an online health coach. This was one million years ago before yeah. everyone became yeah. a health coach or a life coach. And so I enrolled in this program from Institute to Integrative Nutrition. Okay which was like just up and coming. And my thought was like, I'm gonna become a life coach or a health coach so I can lose weight and then I can have a certification and then I'm gonna move to Denver. Okay, this what? was like, sick, like psychotic, just psychotic thinking. And my dad was really generous and like allowed me <laughs> to, to do, do this. these things. Yeah. I think he just like wanted me to be happy. Yeah. And we could, so that was fine, that was great. And I recognized that. So I enrolled in this program and two weeks after enrolling this program, my best friend at the time, who was 150 pounds overweight, came to me, literally showed up at my door. I was living with my parents. And she was like, 
I need you to help me lose 150 pounds. I was like, what? I was like, yo, I don't, I, I literally hate my body. Like what? How would I ever help you? She's like, you're a really good leader. I want you to help me. I'm like, okay. So I was like, I had built this like very simple system for myself, track my food, walk my steps, drink my water. And I started to feel better about myself. This was like a few, at this point I had, I think it was like a few weeks enrolled in my program. Right. And so I was like, listen, you got to follow this system and we're going to make the whole journey public because I knew that I would quit. I knew she would quit mm. because we were both at that point, like right. quitters. And we were really great together. We were also really toxic together. So I needed both of us to have accountability. I and love I like, that. I think that's so important public. to have accountability. I, 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 I'm it, a firm believer it's everything. in that. Yep. Like this podcast, like you, you know, there's a level of accountability that you show up and, you know, if no one knew about it, you wouldn't have to show up. But it's so weird. I never thought of it that it's, way. Absolutely, though. It's true because whenever I'm like, I don't feel like recording because I feel like, you know, am I getting numbers that I want or am I getting the results or the feedback? And then it's like, well, you know what? Like there is one person that then will reach out and it'll be the most touching, heartwarming thing. And you're like, oh, wait, I got to do this, even if it's just for them. Right. Like that is this, this is a show. You don't just not show up. Yeah. Like I you show that. up for the show. I love and that. That is, and, and if you didn't have to, you wouldn't, but like, you don't have to, but, but you, you do but some, I want to. you do, you know, I have a pod, you want to, and even if you don't want to, that's okay. Yeah. But you still do. Yeah. And like, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so you showed up. Yeah. I showed up. I was just like, you know, for the first time in my life, I was, no one had ever referred to me as like someone that could help someone, hmm. even though I knew that I always could. It was just like this. I was like, all right, I'm going to throw myself into her and like get over myself. It's almost the validation that you um, needed and that you were yes. missing from your mom, right? Of, of yeah. hearing the you're perfect, you're great. And here was someone who was showing up at your door and was like, I, I need your help. You can do this. Literally, I look at it like she showed up at my door and she gave me an option. Like either I could open it and walk through it or I could be like this, I'm not ready. And I felt like the universe sent this to me. Yeah. And I was just like, I hear you. Okay, I got it. Yeah. And it changed my entire life. So this is what happened. We created a blog called Break the Weight. And for 290 days, we, we blogged the entire experience. She would write, I would write. It was like, her name was Lulu Lulu's Daily Blog and then Rick Coach's Corner, Ricky's. And we did this journey together, but we blogged separately. So what you could see was two people going through this journey as friends and also as like a client coach. We were very raw. We were very cool. authentic. Like we didn't get along some of the times. Like, you know, she would gain weight. I would, you know, fuck up my own stuff. Like, yeah. and she had lost her dad. I had lost my mom. So we had this similarity sure. and we had this crazy following. People would follow this journey and she lost a hundred pounds in 290 days. Wow. And what I realized, I know, crazy. and. I felt like I had lost 290 pounds of emotional weight. And what I realized was that this was not a journey of physical weight. This was a journey of emotional weight. And Break the Weight ended up becoming my company for 10 years. So what I did was I helped thousands of people break the mental, emotional, and physical weight in their life. This what? is where it gets juicy. It sounds really great, but let's break it down because it's not always so like, yeah. you know. Be chicken. It sounds great. Like, oh, she did this thing and this thing. And like, yeah. let's be serious. There were like 1 million things between there that weren't so great. So I loved that. I loved, I like journeys. Um, I really am a public person. I'm, I don't do well with like, this is what it is now. And this is what it has to become. Right. So everything I've done in my life starts organically. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Totally. And so I was going through the motions and I was a personal trainer. Then I was this and I was that. And this, and I turned it into an online program, which was very new at the time. And I started to hate it. I really was just like, I don't like life coaching. Mm. I don't want to do this, but I become my brand. I, it was like Ricky Freeman, break the weight. And I did so well. And I was getting high all day. Wow. So yeah, smoking marijuana all day. No one knew. So I lived this double life. There I was like this health coach, this whatever persona, building a brand, building a business, getting high all day. Hmm. Obviously there were times where I didn't get high because there were times where I didn't need to get high because I was on a different high, just right. a life or a relationship or whatever. Right. right. And, um, and, and, you know, and so there were variations of break the weight. There was 
a million different things. Breakthrough was a coaching program. Then it was a walking group. It was a million different things. You know, when you have something and you're just like, what is this thing? It's not well, yeah, what it is and anymore, I think that, what it started as. No, exactly. And I think that that's what uh, I find that with, with my own podcast or what, if, what you would say is like a brand, right? There's been certain like things where it's like, you're Definitely trying to brand. figure out, I feel like everyone has that whatever their like goal is or their, you find one thing that you stick to and then there's a million other things that come in and you're like, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. That's a great idea. I'm going to do that. And you fail and fail and fail and fail and fail until you finally figure out like what is the secret ingredient to make it work. And I'm still failing, you know, mm-hmm. transparency, still it's failing. Interesting. So I think the word fail is interesting because I, so like, I also think that sometimes if you're out of alignment mm. with the thing that you're doing, if it's not in alignment anymore, doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means that like that variation, it's you've outgrown it. And the problem is that oh, people, they search and they search and they search and they search and they're never going to find it because they're not even looking in the right direction. Mm. They're going, they're looking for, take something that they already started and turn it into the next variation of what it is. But what if it's not? Like, what if it is just what, if it's not? what it was and that's it? Yeah. What if it's not? What if we walk away from it? What if you don't try to find the answers? What if you let the answers unfold? Mm. This is very hard and for people to do. This is very hard for me to do. And I spent seven years trying to figure out what break the weight was. And I realized that I had so much weight to break. And like, I hated being called a coach. I hated life coaching. I hated everything. Like. And I didn't realize, like, I would go speak on stages and I was, I would walk off and I'd be like, I need to get high. It was like, I was searching and searching and searching and searching and searching for an answer for a high, which really plays into the ADHD and the dopamine and whatever. It's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Well, no, what I was going to quickly say, like, just out of curiosity, because I don't live with ADHD, so I don't know what that feels mm-hmm. like I, I can only see it through through friends and family that that experience that when you would get high would it just numb you out like to the world where you would or did you finally feel like settled and kind of happy because I feel like weed is so different for so many different people and depending on what the brain chemistry is and going on upstairs you know I felt calm but that made sense because I was in simulants. Yeah. So it made sense that I would feel calm, but I didn't know any of this. Right. Okay. I didn't know any of this. I just was like, I like to get high because I don't feel low when I'm high. Right. That right. was it. I'm more right. creative when I'm high. I'm more this when I'm high. You know, all the bullshit stories people tell themselves. They're high functioning high. They're not. They're just high and just all these different stories. Yep. I didn't know. I didn't know. I And, and quite frankly, it wasn't something that, I, that anyone knew about me. Mm. No one knew, except the, the, my friend Lulu, who I did break the weight with, we would get high all day together. Wow, and, we and did, bad places. did she so, fluctuate then back with her weight because of it? Yep, yep, yep. She actually, yeah, and she actually ended up gaining all of it back um, right after we stopped working together, and then she lost it again. But yeah, it's like you just, people, you know, you gotta be real, humble when you have transformation because you got to know that that shit is not going to stick unless you make it stick. Wow. And uh, a lot of people just, they, they forget what they did to get here. And so they don't ever get to the next place. Right. Right. And that's it. Or the next thing to get where they want to go next. You can't use what you did before. And it's like, but it's a mind fuck. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, and it's honestly what it um, is, is it's training your brain. You know what I mean? Training the brain and the body to like function as one. Because we don't function as one. We don't. And that's no. the secret to everything. <laughs> it's true. And most, most people are functioning off dopamine. Mm-hmm. They're just functioning off pleasure. Like, can I, this is boring. What's the next thing? I'm low. Let's get high. I'm not hungry, but like my mind's telling me to eat. I'm going to eat. It's like, it's, you're just chasing pleasure. And so I, ADHD people chase pleasure all freaking day because our brains are designed for more, more, more. Right. We can't, it's hard to sit in the, in the mundane. Right. 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 Um, but, but I didn't know that again, this is like, I didn't know any of this. I just knew that I felt empty mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't get it. Is this normal? Yeah. I was so destructive. So long story short, and there were plenty of, you know, think things that happened. And then in 2020, I, um, I walked away from break the weight. I was done. 
I was like, I can't do this anymore. I hate it. This will never be anything because I don't have a vision for it. Mm -hmm. I didn't. My only vision for it was that I wanted Weight Watchers to buy the name Break the Weight. Right. <laughs> like literally right. that's it. Right. I, I didn't have a vision for it. I wasn't, I wasn't like passionate about weight. I wasn't passionate about like life coaching. I just felt like I became this thing. Right. And I was like, well, who am I? Like what, what is, what's happening? Right. Now what? Yeah. So I got real lost. I was in a relationship with someone that was wonderful, wonderful. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? And at this point I've been speaking too, but the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. So I started to do marketing for different companies because I happen to be really creative and I love being creative and I love marketing and I love all that stuff. And so I became like the creative director for some different companies, which was fine. I never felt more lost in my whole life. Mm. Like I can't even like this was for the first time in my life. I was I had nothing to cling to mm. because I didn't have break the weight anymore. It wasn't like I was trying to figure out break the weight was like I could just distract myself with that. I also wasn't smoking at the time because I was with my boyfriend and we were like falling in love and like living together. And so I was just and like then you had the pandemic on top of it where someone yep, with ADHD exactly. can't sit still and can't like just live in the mundane like you just said and we are living in the mundane right. over and over and over never knowing when is the out. Well, I will say I had an incredible pandemic. I know that's really? really interesting. I fell in love during the pandemic. Oh, yeah, wow. I never felt less lonely in my whole life. I believe oh. my mom literally was like, here, oh. you are not doing this alone. Oh my we gosh, together that's two so days wonderful. <laughs> we got together two days before the world closed. Like if that's not the universe, like I don't know what is. Wow. Crazy. So did my brother. My older brother's married. My other brother met his girl um, five days after the world shut down. And I wow. truly believe in my heart, that it was truly believe it was my mom being like, you cannot go through this alone. Like you will not come out of this. Like you gotta have somebody. Oh, bless. So as far as like loneliness, <laughs> I always say like I had a great pandemic. Yeah. I really did. I really, I really believe I lucked out. I felt grateful every day to have someone that I was in love with. Like that was rare. Right, right. And right. Um, even when I look back now, I can still feel that like, that warm feeling of just knowing like, that was a really beautiful time in my right, life, even right. though I felt really lost. I could right. hold like duality of between both. Sure, sure. So 2020 was a year of falling in love, a year of feeling really confused and just being like, what's going on in my life? But I was making money and I was in a relationship and I wasn't smoking as much. Well, I wasn't smoking at all because I was living with my boyfriend at but the time. But now I have knew a, that a I quick smoked. question with the, with the not smoking. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, sure. addiction runs very deep in my family. And I know, like, love or no love, like, can't stop, you know, can't stop, won't stop, you know. Um, how do you feel, like, do you feel that you don't have an addictive personality? Is that kind of why you were able to stop? Because, or do you find the addiction with the weed went towards the lover? It was just dopamine. You were just following the high somewhere else. Another hit yeah. of dopamine. Yeah. That's it. And I didn't, I was distracted. I wasn't lonely. And my story at the time was that I got high because I was lonely. Mm. So then I wasn't lonely. So I was like, this makes sense. The story is true. Works. How many right. stories do we tell ourselves? Sure. Like when I have yeah. this, I'll stop. I only do this because I don't have this. And so that story becomes the story you chase. And so when the story feels true, the story felt true. I wasn't smoking anymore. I didn't crave it. I was falling in love. The story, I was right. I was like, oh my God, I was right. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't right. So six months after the pandemic, I started to get very anxious. Mm -hmm. I knew he was not the one. Wow. And yeah, and it ate every part of my inner being alive. It ate me alive and I loved him so much and we had a great relationship. So there I was. I think I was 32 now. I was anxious all the time, working for these marketing companies, so freaking lost, so confused, making good money, in a relationship with someone that I loved deeply but knew 100% was not my person. Right, right. And all I could think about was, wait, if I don't have any of this, I have to go back to my old life? I fucking hated my old life. Wait, I gotta go back? Like, I just I gotta, gotta start stay over. where I'm at. Yeah. I gotta start over, but it wasn't even starting over. I was like, I can't go. I just, I physically was like, I can't go back. Right. And this right. is what people do. They think it's the option they have now or the option they had before. 
but they don't realize there's a third option. Yeah, no. I couldn't see anything. I only knew two options, good or bad, good or bad, right. good or bad. So our relationship was just like going down because I was increasingly getting worse. But then I was like, you know, you hate yourself. Love will only do so much for you. True. I, um, we were together, we were living together for six months because of the pandemic. Okay. So just keep track of the timeline, 2020. And then it was 2021 and I moved into my own apartment, which was always the plan. It had nothing to do with our relationship. We were just like, we don't need to live together yet. Yeah. We were kind of forced to live together. So I got my own apartment and that was the beginning of the end for me mm. because once I had freedom, I was smoking all day. Wow. I would go to my apartment. I would sit in my apartment. I would smoke from 7 a.m. until 4 p.m. Wow. All day. All nobody knew. Like nobody knew. I was so empty. I was so anxious. I was so scared. I was so like, how did I get here? Yeah. I'm right. in a relationship. Right. I'm making money. I'm okay. And I've never felt emptier in my whole life. How did I, how did I get here? And where do I go next? Like, where, how am I going to get out of this? Right. And I just kept thinking, I got to go back to my old life. I can't go back to my old life. I can't go back to my old life. Like, this is these are the things that keep people at jobs and relationships is right. they can't go back, not realizing you you go forward. Right. But there was no forward for me at that point. So this is where it gets fun. This is like 2021. And it was um, July of 2021. Mm -hmm. And I got to a point where it was just, it was hard for me to like live. Yeah. Like I was truly living a double life and I was, my anxiety was getting worse and worse and worse. And I remember thinking to myself, I like sat down and I remember thinking to myself, like, I need a, I, I like, and I, I don't pray, but I was like, you need, you, mom, like you, you need to help me. I need help. Like, I don't know what to do. Right. Send me something, an idea, something, get me out of this. Mm -hmm. I shit you not. Never say shit you not, but here we are. I go. For I'll a tell walk you why you're saying that because I say that all the time. Like so. That's do you? Yes, I do. Wait, I do. That's so. That's you're channeling me. So yep. That is too funny. I I privately say that all the time. You can ask my husband. That's hilarious. Obnoxious. Yes. That is so funny. I um. So I go to Chicago with my 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 boyfriend at the time. This is July first, and I'm on a walk, and I wasn't. I wasn't smoking like when we went to Chicago. Are you from Chicago, um, by the so way? This was the no, I'm from Detroit. Okay. Okay. I'm from Michigan. The Midwest accent. Um, but we That's why I was like, friends. I know this Midwest. My mom's from Chicago and my dad's from you Detroit. Think? So I know both of them. Yeah. And oh the my I God. shit you not I is totally that. my uncle from Chicago. So so that's how I know that is. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Um so I'm on a walk by myself. And I wasn't smoking. This was the first time I think in months I wasn't high and I was removed from my environment. Mm -hmm. And I was stressed about my relationship. Well, keep in mind that we had a great relationship. Right. So that's the problem is like it wasn't bad. Right. And it makes it worse almost. Totally. So I was on a walk, right? Because you're just like, but I love you and you're great. And you love me and I'm great, but like we both know that we're not. This it's is not it. meant to be, like, right? What do we do? It's not meant to be. If it was meant to be, I wouldn't think about it. People always say, how do you know? He's, how do I know if they're not the one? I'm like, the fact that you have to ask. Yeah, is just, that's the there problem. You, yeah, you, need exactly. know, you, need not, you need no other answers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I was on a walk and I had the craziest feeling. I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. Hmm. I, I don't know why it was the weirdest feeling in the world. And every part of my body was like, yeah, you are. I go on Instagram. I'm scrolling in my feed. One of my friends posts this thing. It's like, hey, my best friend just opened up a podcast studio in Michigan. He's looking for clients. I call him that minute. I'm like, hey, we have a mutual friend. We knew each other. I was like, I want to be your first client. Hired him on the spot. Did not have an idea, had no name, nothing. He was like, what's the name of your podcast? I was like, I don't know, I'm gonna figure it out, but yeah. let's meet this week, let's do, a, let's do a recording. Yeah. I can't explain the feeling, I just, it was just, it You it just, just knew in your heart. And yeah, it, it was the first time in my life that something felt right since I had started Break the Weight. And I was like, I know this feeling. I know, right. it was like when Lulu was like, can you help me lose 150 pounds? I was like, yes. Yes, It just, yes. it was a feeling. Right. right. 
and I hadn't felt it for years. And I was just like, I, yeah, I'm in. Um, so I get back and July, like 10th, I go into the studio, I record an episode and he's like, what's the name of the podcast? I was like, steps forward with Ricky. I was like, it's a walking podcast. How people take steps forward in their life and their day. And he's like, I love it. And I was like, honestly, cause I'm in the worst place of my life and I really need to take steps forward. And I decided that podcast was just for me. I well, was like, this it's is your accountability. Me. I need a place that I can. It was my accountability. It was like, I need a place where I can be honest. So yeah. this was without realizing it, I was setting myself up to be accountable to the world, to change my life without even like yeah. realizing it a month into the podcast. I never, I'm telling you, like I put the mic on and I just spoke and I never felt more free. The, the, the headphones would go on and the world around me would dissolve. And that was never a feeling I'd ever had in my life. I, I'm telling you that I'm is sure such a strong feeling that I have too, where, you know, if I'm having a really bad day or something and I feel like I need to get something off my chest or I feel like maybe I've learned something, you know, there have been met, I, I have probably hours upon hours of audio, I guess it's not footage, of audio recordings um, that I have had where if I leave an event or something or I leave a friend or if something, you know, really upsetting happened to me, I'll just sit here by myself usually with the baby on the boob, um, and I will just press record because I know that I'm not going to ever really air anything because you hear a baby like talking in the background or like making weird noises. And I'm like, I think that would be very distracting for people. But for me, it's a way to get stuff off my chest and to have it for maybe the future. If I'm in a pickle or something and I'm just like, what should I do? Didn't I do that? And I always put like, on the recording, I always save it as to like what maybe the little tidbit of information is. Like a quick example is like I saw Tyler Henry, the medium in person, and I wanted to talk about oh, the cool. experience and the feeling that I had when I left there. And I was like, I don't think this is significant enough for me a, to be a podcast episode, um, but maybe in the future I'll do like little tidbits here and there and, and release little audio clips. Um, because it's just of how I felt, you know, and, and why I felt so moved at that time, because we forget about those things. We forget about, you know, why, because you can write stuff down, but hearing the emotions from a voice, I think is something that's truly so important for us to just go back and listen to and know that this is the place that we were in. 100%. First of all, you should absolutely share the, that episode. I okay. don't know why that would never like it. That sounds, I would listen to that. That sounds incredible. Oh, cool. Like, okay. I always, I I always I say that if, if I, <laughs> it, I always, I always say like, if I think it's interesting, I'm going to think that my listeners would probably find it interesting too, because they're yeah, like, it's like true. you're attracted to certain things. Also, do you, when you're recording, you can hear yourself talk, right? Yes. Like when you're, okay. So there's something behind that. Oh, it's not the same. So there's something behind that, which I didn't really realize. And I don't know if this is like science. I'll have to look it up. But yeah, there, there, so correct. Maybe you agree, maybe you don't. But there's a big difference between if you sat down in a chair and you recorded yourself, but you couldn't hear yourself. 100%. Right? Yep. There's something about you hearing your thoughts that allows you to move through them. It's not the same. Ricky, I love I this. <laughs> it's true though, right? You're yeah. hearing your thoughts you're subconscious, you're speaking, you're not just writing something down, you're literally hearing your thoughts, you're processing something because you're saying it out loud. I truly think but that it's you're not right. The same. It's, it is not the same because it let is. me tell you, I have notepads here, like right here, right? And I'm like, I have shit yep. written everywhere. I never look at it. Mm -hmm. Like I'll look at it if it's yep. like in front of me, you know? Um, but hearing the, I'm telling you, it's the emotion behind it. And that's really what it is. It's the hearing it because there's nothing else going on. The only person you can hear is yourself. Right. And so, so many people, and there's something about the microphone where it's like enhances the experience. Sure. It, like you sort of feel more powerful. Yeah. And that allows you to and be you more And you feel it like in charge. You like you feel like in charge of your life. Like you're right. kind of like a boss, you know, you're like, this is like, right. I've created this. I've done this. Like I'm in charge. Right. And I can say these things and I'm not as scared of them. People are right. really scared of the things that they feel. But when you put a microphone on and you put the headphones on and the world around you gets quiet and you're able to hear how powerful 
the thing is that you're saying, it just is different. It's a game changer. It's just different. Yeah. It's a game changer. And a lot of people don't realize that it's because they can hear themselves. Yep. That's why you love it. That's why it's powerful. Not because you're speaking in a mic, it's because you're listening to what you're, you're saying. Yep. Um, and that was what I realized was like, wow. there's something about me finally hearing myself. Yeah. That was so powerful for me. Yeah. And transformational. And then about a month into my podcast, I felt like I couldn't keep doing my podcast if I wasn't honest about my life. Mm. And it was a very raw podcast. So I was just like, I made this podcast to be open and honest and I'm not even being truthful. No one knows that my boyfriend and I are definitely not meant to be. No one knows that I fucking hate my marketing job. No one knows I'm getting high all day. Yeah. And I was like, I have to choose. Like I choose the truth or like I stop the podcast. And I knew the podcast would eventually become like a part of me. And so I chose the truth. Basically what was happening is I was getting worse, but I was also getting better because I was becoming more confident through the podcast, but I was, my life was getting progressively worse. Mm. And by the time it was like, I started the podcast August 1st and I started having like some listeners, whatever, but I didn't fucking care. I thought it was Joe Rogan. Yeah. I thought that I was Joe Rogan. I was like, I love this so much. I don't care who listens to it. Yeah. And that love and that passion was just, I was just so excited to feel something again, right. to feel something other than pain. Right. And I never smoked before I did an episode. Like I had, it was like the first thing I had respect for. Mm. And I just was like, I love this so much. You're not going to screw this up. I also was paying like $3,000 a month to get produced when I had five listeners. Right. So I had a stake in the game. This is so crazy. So I started the podcast August 1st. September 24th, I walked away from my 10-year weed addiction and I told the whole world on my podcast. Wow. And you had um, the accountability. The episode's called, yep, it was called, the fourth episode I ever recorded was called Walking Away from Weed. This is where I sh sort of shared about my addiction. And then the 12th episode was called Finally Walking Away from Weed. Mm -hmm. Walked away from weed. Two weeks later, my boyfriend broke up with me. Mm. And two weeks after that, I got fired from my marketing job. And I remember looking up at the universe and being like, thank you so much. Thank you for because doing when it you for take me. That first step. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you for doing it for me. You knew I didn't have the strength. You knew that I just needed to take the first step. The first step for me was not smoking. Mm -hmm. And then they did, the universe did the rest. That was it. Wow. And I felt free for the first time in my life. I was like, have you yeah. ever spoken about on your podcast? Um, and forgive me because I, I have not listened to all of your That's podcast okay. episodes and I, I, I don't listen to my own at sometimes because I'm so overwhelmed. Do you talk about grief on your show and, and I do the process of it? Because that's something that yep. um, a lot of people have reached out to me um, in regards to whenever I ask, you know, what, what can we talk about? What would you like to hear? And grief is something that's so important. And I think that... I never dealt with grief at a young age. Mine came kind of later mm. on in life. I never, I never lost a parent um, at such a young age like, age like that and then had to keep on going. What is something that you would share with my audience? Um, and we will all have them obviously go to yours too. But what is something that you would share with emotional support with the listeners on grieving, on Maybe a short thing that you did that helped you obviously not get over it because you can't get over the death of a parent like that. It's not, it's not something that it's like, here's the magical trick and it happens. But maybe as something that helped you get through the day, you know, step by step or maybe get through the hour, whatever it may be. So this is all going to connect. So walking away from weed changed my whole life. Mm because I could finally heal. So if you're listening to this right now and you are eating your feelings or you're smoking them away or you're drinking them away or you're distracting yourself, I'll tell you right now, step number one is to stop using something to escape yourself. I wish I could tell you that this is the five things you're gonna feel, but I'm gonna tell you right now that if you are feeling like you're unable to move forward in your life, I'm gonna go ahead and guess there's probably something that you're using that keeps you from moving forward. Mm -hmm. Grief cannot be processed, emotions cannot be processed as long as you're escaping yourself. So 
I wish I could tell you that it's really this and this and this. I didn't grieve until I was 33 years old. Wow. Because I was always high or I was always eating or I was always escaping or I was always doing something. Right. So my first piece of advice is, can you feel your feelings? Yeah. yeah. And how much does that scare you? Yeah. And can you move through the fear? So the first piece of advice is walk away from the thing that stops you from feeling. I love that. Because I love that. You can't do anything else. I could tell you to work out. I could tell you to go to therapy. Sure. I could tell you to do all this bullshit. But if you're doing something destructive all day, none of it means shit. No, and I think that it's so important to sit in your feelings. And that's why I will say it's interesting to me that you had such a positive pandemic in the sense where, like, you fell in love and all this stuff. Because for me, it was very tough, but for different reasons and and – what I noticed is my friends who never dealt with grief, who never dealt with their possible mental health, mental illness, with being alone, who never had to just sit in their own thoughts. That was the, the addiction went up to like 90%. It was literally it was no accident. the worst thing that happened to them. Where for me with the pandemic, like, yeah, it was awful. Like, don't get me wrong. And like some crazy shit happened in there. But I already knew what it was like to sit in my thoughts. I already knew what it mm -hmm. was like to ruminate and live with a mental illness and already have certain right. tools that I could work through. Um, and I think a lot of people were shook to the core because they had no idea how to process or they had no tools or they had no help or they couldn't even identify that it was an issue. That's the, that's the problem. So it's so true. And so the reason I walked away from weed was because I knew my life would never change mm. if I didn't, because I knew I had so much trauma that I was yeah. unable to have access to. Yeah. I guarantee a lot of your listeners are using something to sure. escape. I, I mean, and, and, and it, it doesn't have to be drugs. And I think I want to clarify that because it, could be anything. it doesn't have to be drugs. It could just be an addiction to love. It could be an addiction to food. It could be an addiction to working out to constantly being in a gym to not think about the rest of the world like could be an addiction to anger you know there's there's all sorts of different types of things that we can be addicted to yes and i very much don't like identify as an addict so i hate the word addiction because mm. i am so basically like i'm going to wrap the story up because i think it will all come full circle for someone yeah. that's listening so i did like some hardcore therapy. I threw myself into therapy. Um, I did some like brain spotting therapy, et cetera. But basically I walked away from weed September 24th. My, my relationship ended two weeks later. And I remember just being like crying every day for a month. And here's the difference between someone who changes their life and someone who doesn't. I very much embraced this process. I was like, bring it on. I love it. Like I felt alive. I was like, I'm alive. Like I am not high. Totally. I am alone. I am alive. Like let everyone always was like, you know, I was like 33 years old living with my brother and relation, relationship and I got fired from this job and I, you know, walked away from my weed addiction. You would have thought I was falling apart. I never felt more free in my whole life mm -hmm. because now I could live. Now I could build a life I wanted. Now I wasn't so ashamed. I didn't have a secret. Right. If you're listening to this right now and you have a secret, your life will never change because you're always going to be carrying something that's real heavy. Yep. And the, the, surrendering and me just walking away from everything in my life that kept me standing still like I freed myself mm -hmm. and so I was like well what else can I do right and so I hit the road for three months and I was like I'm gonna go live my life because mm -hmm. my goal for myself was like when you get three months under your belt you go on the road go experience your life like you deserve it and I was like this was this was not like a running away thing this was this felt like a running towards right and right. um I went in the road for three months podcasted all over and I uh, posted a video on TikTok. I like had 200 followers. I was like 100 days without weed. Posted a video on TikTok, TikTok, and it went viral. Wow. And I woke up the next day. And this was, again, the day before I asked the universe to help me figure out a way to never go back to Michigan. Okay? So this was just like crazy. I'd living my best life. The uh, Long story short, the post went viral. And I was like, wait a minute. What's going on? This is a millions of people are like, I'm an addict. I need you to help me. I'm addicted, I'm addicted to weed. Can you help me? I'm addicted to and weed. And we were like, uh, about this. Can you help me? I know I asked I for like, this, what? but this is like insane. 
I didn't even ask for. I was just share. I was bored in Sedona, and I was like, I'm gonna share that I'm 100 days without weed, like yeah. whatever. And then it just crazy went viral. And um, I took it as another sign from the universe. And I kept posting videos, grew my following to like 100K. Two weeks, like three weeks later, someone asked me if I help people walk away from weed. I said yes and did not. And I built a program called Walking Away from Weed. And I um, moved to LA. I became like a top 100 podcast. And my program has helped thousands of people walk away from weed addiction and transform their life. It's the opposite of AA. It's the opposite of NA. It's a total opposite program. It's nothing to do with recovery. It's a very science-based, like, this is not about weed kind of type of experience. Sure. And um, the whole the whole full circle of all of this is that when you make a decision and you walk away from something that takes up a lot of space in your life, the right. universe opens up a door. It's so true. And whether you're brave enough to walk through it, that's your own thing. But to think that your life is going to change when you're still doing the thing all day is just really naive and really, and you have to be an embodiment of the thing that you desire. Yeah. So I became a match for it and mm -hmm. I changed my entire life in a year because I walked away from something that kept me from living. And so that is step one. There is no other step. No, it's all and, about the first um, step. Totally. And it is. And then the second step, you it's a little easier, but grieving and all these things like, doesn't matter if you go to therapy if you're destructive all day it just yeah. truly does it like don't have oh millions i completely therapists. no i completely agree but i think the most important thing that you can do for yourself like for yourself is take that first step in whatever direction it is it's 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 the scariest thing that you'll do it's the most like just like disruptive thing Freeing. that you could do in your life where you're like i don't know what's gonna happen but i have to do this and when you do it, like the universe shakes shit up and you start feeling and living life. Agreed. A great question to ask yourself is if I woke up, this was the question that I asked myself that made me just leave it all behind. I was like, if I woke up in six months from now, the same person in the same life, in the same body, living the same exact life I am right now, how would that make me feel? And that thought was so scary to me mm. because there's only so long you can justify your behavior. But as sure. you get older and you're like, oh shit, I've been doing this for 10 years, 12 years, 13 years. Oh my God, I've been doing this half of my fucking life. Yeah. And that was too scary for me. And so I was like, it's scary to leave. It's way scarier to stay. Yeah. And it has it's to way be scarier scary to, to stay. stay. People don't realize that though, because their body, they're so disconnected to their body and their nervous system. And you know, there's a lot of science behind it too. And so the first step is to get your body in a neutral place where you can feel something because you're so out of, you're so disconnected. How can you make a decision? You don't trust yourself. Sure, sure. So do something to gain trust with yourself. What's next, Ricky? What is next? Uh, well, I, um, so right now I'm walking away from my ADHD medicine. Okay. I like to call it uh, stepping away from stimulants because I just can't help myself. And um, this is going to be like a new process for me. And I'm not against medication, but, but it's just the next step for me to like fully regulate my nervous system and stuff. So that's going to be a process. And then, you know, in terms of like business and life, I'm definitely like in this space of my podcast and my program, but I'm ready to like expand my services and um, just like free myself of yeah. certain things. Um, I really love business and I really love innovation and I'm definitely like feel like with the speaking, with the podcasting, with the mentoring, I'm going to add some just more services to my business. And the reason I even say that is because this is another step forward mm -hmm. for anybody, right? To be able yeah. to just allow themselves to take that step scared to do it without evidence and to keep writing the story like I I've had a lot of success with my program walking away from weed and I can help anyone walk away from weed but if I just stay in that then what happens what happens right exactly. like my story evolves yep. right, right now much happens right. so give yourself permission to evolve as the story evolves and I think that's a really important Ricky my biggest question for you is what is your emotional support uh dancing Oh, I love that. I, uh, That's for me too. You're a big dancer. Yes. Great. That's awesome. It's the best. I, I go out dancing four nights a week by myself. <laughs> Fun. Like, are you talking about like a dance club? Do you we teach should dance go dancing class? 
you know, I go to dance clubs, I go to hip hop, like hit, when the DJs play, I go to hip hop bars. <laughs> I don't always drink. I just go like, I'm out till like 3am dancing for six hours by myself. And I'm literally have the time of my whole life. Oh my God. And that is your, that is one of my favorite answers of all time. I'm obsessed oh my with God. that. I love That's that. No, <laughs> we, if you ever want to go dancing, I'm down. I also go to Equinox like three times a week and I'll go in their studio and dance for like an hour and a half. Oh my gosh. Why don't you record it. this? This is so fun. I hope you do. I do. Okay, I record good. this. You got to watch my videos. Okay. I record it all. Oh my. It's. I'm doing a deep dive on Ricky free. when I get off this. This is amazing. <laughs> and you know the irony? Here's the best part about whole, this whole dancing thing. First of all, I always felt like I was a really good dancer, but I was never a dance team. I was told that I wasn't able to follow directions, like all the things. And then when I came to LA, when I moved out here, I didn't know that many people. So I started going out by myself and I started going dancing because I was like, I love dancing. And since I've done that for like the last, I've been here for a year, but I started like six months ago. I've had so many people come up to me and be like, you're an incredible dancer. Like, are you a professional dancer? Which is so fucking funny because my whole life I was told that I was not a good dancer. And now, you know, I realized just because someone tells you something doesn't make it true. Amen. And just because you, they think that you're not good. And like, I just wasn't good at following directions. Because Exactly. I you're like, listen, honey, I'm the best of the best. And you can find me at the club right now, like getting down. And I am going to be the best. <laughs> I just wasn't good at following someone else's beat. That's right. That is right. Ricky, how can everyone find you? Like not at the club. Like we're not going to tell them to come. What like, if I gave them my club? address? Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> but like, how can they listen to the podcast? How can we can continue on your journey? Yeah. Come walk with me. I My podcast steps four with Ricky. Uh, Spotify, Apple, you know, all if you're looking to for some support, you know, come to my come to my world. Oh, Ricky, thank you so much. <laughs>